Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noel, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. James, welcome to Listening with Leaders. You are the CEO and founder of Next Step Talent, found at nextsteptalent.co. This is going to be a great conversation. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to chat. So you're welcome. So you are in the talent business and you're pretty young, but you've seen some pretty phenomenal success. Tell us a little bit about the backstory. So... Long story short, um, I've been working since I was 10 years old, various companies like started out in a warehouse, managed at a smoothie place, you know, just for needing to do that, you know, some people, just the way I was raised and um, my family and lifestyle, I had to work from a young age. Um, For me, it was all about saving up for college. I always said to myself, I want to make a life that I didn't have. And so Literally, when I was 10, I used to tell my parents, like, I'm saving up for college, and I would just put all my money uh, away. And from there, I went to school for music business, Um, but backtrack a little bit, a little bit out of order. I did acting um, in New York, so I would take the train, knock on people's doors, and try to get auditions. And that was when I was around, like, 15. And so from there, went to college, music business interned at various record labels, Atlantic Records and Visionary. And then I started at Visionary as an intern and then started working there doing influencer marketing. And that's when COVID hit. And so I saw an opportunity. And one day my boss joked to me, he was like, you'd be a good manager. Why don't you manage one of these influencers? And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. And he just kept bringing it up until I decided to try it. I was already managing music artists through out college and throughout this whole journey and so tested it out and I ended up falling in love with it and yeah that's how we ended up here and then we just built and scaled and changed things I've always been entrepreneurial I started an organization when I was in high school and an organization during quarantine and so um just for me it's always about helping people and coming up with new ideas and seeing how we can change the current landscape so when you talk about, so what is what you're doing now managing influencers or are you also managing musicians? So we manage influencers and music artists. Um, and artists. Yes, exactly. And when you talk about managing them, what yes. does that actually entail? Management is everything. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really everything. It depends on the person. It's if they need a lawyer helping them find someone, it's also managing their day to day. What are they doing? How are they being proactive? How are we growing the channels? How are we growing them as humans? How are we growing them as um, positive individuals? What are they saying? And how does that impact the world? All of the little things that come into making a career we're involved in and we're helping out with. So when you talk about managing, you really are managing a whole life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
managing every single, obviously I have an amazing team right now. So grateful for them, but I'm overseeing and helping manage all the clients on the, on the roster. And are most of your clients in the, in Southern California and Los Angeles, or are they all over the place? Um, so last year we had majority LA. Now we have majority all over. Everyone's moving and it's one of those pivotal times for social media, I think, where creators are realizing that they don't necessarily need to be directly in LA for it to be a profitable business. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on the goals that you have. If you're looking to get into acting, that side of it is very LA based um, or Atlanta. But if, you know, for music artists, they need to be in LA. So all of our music artists are in LA. Other than that, as a creator, as a YouTuber, as a long form creator, you don't need to have a specific location. So how do you define an influencer? That's a really interesting question. Um, I, I define an influencer as someone who has influence in a category that's not considered traditional entertainment. So what would be an example of that? We have a food creator named Izzy. She's an influencer. She is also a chef. Um, you could tell, you could say she's a professional chef, but she started out by making content creation. We have Sydney Morgan, who is an influencer. She, her main focus is YouTube right now. And she has almost 3 billion views on YouTube. So we're about to hit that. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty excited that I have 30,000 views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for me, all everyone's an influencer the way I like to view it, but the creators that we actually bring on have to have a certain threshold. We typically look for, number one, I look for longevity. I look for what's your drive. An influencer needs to understand that they're the CEO of their business. It's not just a fun little thing that we're doing. It's a business and we're building it and you have to build up. You have to understand. The key thing I look for is, do you understand that you need to invest in yourself? The same way I hire employees to do things that I'm not as great at, you have to be able to invest back into your own business and um, be willing to learn as things change and pivot. That's number one. And then two, being an influencer is, I look for how are you using your platform? Are you open to using it for good? Are you open? Is it more so fun for you? What are those driving forces really to you. And then what's the meaning of success? I always ask my talent this because um, in the industry, the entertainment industry, as you know, you're always chasing success. So people who are able to ground themselves within it is really important to me. Wow. So how, how do influencers get, I understand how, how artists get paid, uh, but how do influencers get paid? Brands. So, well, there's two ways. Brands are a big way. So doing endorsements. Okay. Similar to an athlete, similar to a music artist, you know, Billie Eilish on tour promotes X brand. She right. gets paid. similar. So they do one-off deals. They could do long-term endorsements. Secondly, they get paid via content creation. So the platforms actually pay you for your content based on ad revenue. So like YouTube AdSense is a really big thing that we're focused on. Facebook monetization, huge that we're focused on. For us, different from a lot of companies in our realm, we're actually more focused on building monetization that is reoccurring and consistent than we are on the brand deal front. 
I didn't know that you. I didn't know that YouTube had a monetization program. I know I'm. I'm part of. I have Google. I have Google AdSense. Um, and get exactly. a little bit yeah. of off my YouTube channels, but I didn't realize that Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, I presume, have the same same thing. Facebook does. Instagram does not at the moment, but they might be putting that back in. And then Snapchat has a lot of monetization opportunities, oh. which we take advantage of all the time. TikTok, not as much. TikTok's more so focused on building an audience and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Influencers are storytellers. I tell all my artists, actually, right before this, I got off a call with an artist. And the first thing I said, I was like, what are you struggling with? And she's like, I'm struggling with being able to, like, what do I post? And I was like, well, if I said to you, like, I was like, do you struggle with what to write? And she's like, no, it's my thoughts and my stories. And I said, well, why do you struggle with what's a post? It's your thoughts and your stories. And she was like, wait a second, what? (laughs) And so I think that people just need to open their mind and look at it from a different perspective because all social media is, is this new generation of storytelling. Every person's story is different. How do you want to tell it? And how do you want people to feel when they watch your videos? That's the most important thing. Huh. So you're you're really focusing on the emotional experience that viewers will have. Yes. Which is which is really interesting because I'm big on emotions. Um, Me too. Me I, too. I teach emotion. I teach people how to listen to emotions. That's what I. As a, in fact, if you want to stop a fight and argument any fighter argument forever all you have to do is learn how to listen to the emotions underneath it and you'll stop the fight you'll never have another fighter argument again absolutely i always say management is a lot about psychology and i read on psychology all the time and i think what's most important about it is are you understanding the underlying reason for certain things that are happening because it's never the surface level conversation correct you're absolutely it's correct. Ever, ever the surface level. So for us, it's teaching my team and educating my employees. Like, how can we dig deeper and find out what's really know, going on? Exactly. Like, if a client's like, "Hey, they don't get something in on time," I have two options. I can yell at them for not getting in on time, but <laughs> there's two. There could be a lot of problems that are going on. So it's how can we find out what are, the real issue what is? What are the barriers that are getting in the way of performance? Absolutely. And those barriers are typically either personal barriers, like you'll find out something completely different. Oh, they watched one video, they saw it didn't do well that day, and that whole day went downhill. But they were too embarrassed to say anything because they're just focused on, I was supposed to do this. It's like when, and I think the a lot of the issues come from when you're in school, when you're younger, when you don't, like, let's say you are late on homework, you're kind of told to make these excuses or not be able to fully say the real reasons. Like I got to number two and on this math and I had a breakdown because I didn't know how to do it and I didn't know what to do. So I just didn't do it at all. If you could, if teachers could start getting to the bottom of that a lot younger, I think a lot of issues would go away. We can get into a big conversation about how we emotionally invalidate children and it really hurts them. 100%. I, one of the books I just read recently is the power of unwavering focus. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things they talk about is everyone's told like focus, work harder. What does that mean? Exactly. (laughs) What does that even mean? Like, how do you focus? How do you work harder? And how do you actually make your ideas come to life? And that's something that in the next few years, I want to 
speak to a lot of individuals, specifically females, I think struggle a lot with it when starting a business because they don't know where to start and how to articulate these ideas. And, you know, time over time, you get shut down for that. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't do what you do. I'm a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I'm a peacemaker, and I help people stop fights and arguments. And what I've learned is that human beings are all emotional. We're all emotional. Absolutely. And there's not there's not a there is no such thing as rationality. And anybody who talks about rationality does hasn't read the science first of all. And, and <laughs> Because the neuroscientists are saying, no, there's no rationality. <laughs> We're all emotional beings. Everything we do is emotional. And so understanding emotions becomes one of the most, the foundational skill that anybody can have. Because once you start seeing people as emotional beings, not rational beings, to your point, when people's behaviors are not in alignment with what they said they were going to do, you can start saying, okay, what are the emotions that are going on here that, that are creating the, the problem? And then yeah. we can address it. But our society sees emotions as so toxic. People are shamed. Yeah. They're, it's... Shamed, they're shamed to, to, to make a mistake. They're shamed to, to um, not be 100%. And it's normal. It's the normal stuff. There's, there's no shame in that. It just means we got, we got a problem we got to solve. That's all. The first thing I do when an employee gets onboarded is I make sure that they know and we've created a really great company culture where all of my employees come to me when they're having a problem. Or if I notice that they're not being productive one day, I send them home. Because why would I want someone who's not productive, who's going through something, to be working when they might be more productive on Saturday? Right. My rule is that if you're having a bad day, that's fine. You don't need to push through that moment every time. If it's a real reason, of course, and you're, you know, you just can't focus that day. But you have to make up for it on another time, whether that's later that night when you regain ability or that weekend or Sunday or whatever it might be. As long as you're getting done and progressing the way we've discussed, to me, it doesn't matter because sometimes you wake up and you just can't do that morning. And the previous years and the way society is run is you have your nine to five and you have to operate like that. And that's really just not how humans work. Last night at 11 p.m. I randomly got a spurt of energy and I stayed up until 2 a.m. writing down ideas. Some of my employees text me like midnight sometimes with their crazy ideas, but that's because I allow them to leave in the middle of the day when they're walk around, have these moments where they know that if something's going on, hey, my mom, something happened to my mom, she's in the hospital, that they're able to come to me, but not only come to me, come to each other. And that it's a very open mental space and you know i think even now there's a lot of companies trying to insert mental health protocols by giving like mental health days which is great but what i think a lot of ceos are doing is they're not allowing themselves to be vulnerable with their teams and just giving someone a day off is not going to solve the problem because that problem might go on for six months that's right being able to allow them to feel like there's a space where they can actually tell the problem, you're going to get to the bottom of it a lot quicker. And when there isn't productivity, now you know. And so when I look at work-life balance, I just think about it a lot differently than I think a lot of other employees. I'm not like shut off when you go home. It's more so like, how can we create 
um, a coalition where we're working together. And I know things that are going on in your personal life, but you also know things and, and vice versa, right? You're able to share your work life with your home life and your home life with your work life. That's so important to me. So are you, do you operate a virtual company or are you hybrid or are you all in office? We're hybrid. So we have two days in person. Everybody, I'm in my office right now and everyone's here. Um, we have two days in person and then we have like a lot of events and stuff. So some come in more days, some don't. Depends on the week. I travel a lot. So if I'm out of town, they're just in office without me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of hybrid. I think the in-person really has cultivated more of a company culture for us, which is so important to me. I think more than two days is hard just because my employees are working nights and weekends and going to events. And, you know, we have VidCon coming up. They're going to be working all weekend. So I like to keep it more of a flexible environment. We don't even have two, usually Tuesday, Thursday. Some days we switch it up. They are notified ahead of time. They know. But we operate as an in-person company in the sense that they have to get it approved if they want to work remote. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to be outside of L.A., I call that remote work. So if you're going to be outside of the general vicinity, then that has to be approved just in case things pop up. Right. And whereabouts in LA are you located? Is your office located? We're in Larchmont across from Paramount Studios. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, how do people, how do, how do clients find you? Um, a lot of it has been recently has been us finding clients because we know what we're looking for. In the previous years, it's been word of mouth for sure. Mm-hmm. It's still word of mouth. In the sense that when we hop on calls, usually they've either heard of us or have someone who they know. We do like to keep a lot of it in the family, but we, you know, we're open. If I see someone who I think is driven, then we're going to bring them on. What is it? What, what is it that gets you excited every day when you get get up out of bed and you're going to go to go to work? Helping people. Say more. Uh, <laughs> say more. Um, I've always been like I said, super into psychology. I I like being able to help people execute their visions, whether that's my team, whether that's a startup that I'm working with, whether that's an artist that I'm consulting for, because we do consulting for brands, for startups, and we do equity deals, and we do a lot of different things in that realm, which eventually will be its own company that'll launch in the fall. But for right now, it's kind of all under one roof. So for me, it's being able to help people and then also allow them, help them see different perspectives. That's super important to me is how can I every day wake up and be able to help someone look at something differently in a way they didn't look at it before. So that's in every task we're doing, right? That could be whether it's accounting, that could be me talking to my clients about a new brand they're starting. That could be us making content for that day what are the ways we're super involved in the creative front for sure. Hmm. What is it what is it that you think is unique about you that you bring to the table? What do I bring to the table that's unique? I think a lot of things. Um one, just curious. <laughs> one is that being a young female, I have a lot of motherly characteristics, especially because I've been, I grew up super young and I helped raise my siblings. And so that's really helpful from a managerial perspective. 
I think that another thing is that we operate very, like because of my music background, when we tackle social media, we're looking at it from a long-term perspective versus a short-term because music's a long-term game, not a short-term game. You don't pick up an instrument and are good at it today. You, you know, that's a years and years of practice. And so when I train my team and the people I bring on to my team, they're all music focused. And I do that on purpose because music people have a long-term brain. They don't think short-term. They're not, what's the quick cash grab? They're like, how can we get to a long goal? How can we see this vision fully through? So that's number one, I mean, or number two. And then what else? I mean, obviously I have a really good drive and I think that I just, I view business in a different way than most people, especially from being young, but also just from my background and how I was raised. I would also say you're very, very intelligent. Thank you. I try. But you know, what's funny. And I'm going to say this for all the listeners out there that are not entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs. I did horrible in school. So you in like high school, not. And it's because I was focused. I was starting businesses. I was doing other things and I wasn't focused on my coursework. And so I think a lot of people get discouraged when they don't get grades back that they want and they're younger and they're trying to grow and they want to grades back or you know, your boss says something or whatever it is, just know that you got to hone in on your own skill sets. Cause I found something I'm good at. That's, you know, that's unique to me. Yeah. I think that when you went to school and you studied the, the business of music, I did. that's probably what really fired up your passion. Yeah. My, well, my dad's a touring Israeli musician. So I grew up around music my whole life. I played a ton of different instruments. I think what powered up my passion college was but it was being able to help artists because artists have such a strong vision and so being able to help them execute that vision and see it through was something I loved to watch and watch them get to those moments the best things ever when I, with my clients are when they hit a milestone and they call you and they're like we did this together and it's just those moments are so so important yeah yeah so what's the business that you're starting up in the fall? Um, we've already sort of started it. We're just going to be expanding it out and rebranding that side of things. But it is consulting. So consulting for brands and artists that start up specifically, but really any brand on not. I'm trying to think the way to put this on digital strategy how to grow their accounts, but focused on platforms that are upcoming. So what's the future, not what's the, what are, what is everybody else focused on? And what's cool about us is that because we've built such a strong influencer side, we've gotten really close to the teams internally at all the platforms. And so we're gaining access to this information about what's going to do well in like six months, not what's just doing well now. So for us, it's about being innovative and providing this information, auditing accounts and allowing these brands to see their own story differently. That sounds like a really interesting business. Yeah. And then we also, um, yeah. And then there's a lot of other areas of that. That'll be the creative side of things. So there might be some stuff we'll do in production or, um, there's a lot of ideas we're tossing around right now, but I think the biggest one and one of the success we've had a lot of is creating creative campaigns that are experiential, but understanding a fan base and then honing in on how to grasp that. 
I recently just got asked about the podcast, no, not the podcast, the situation that happened with Red Bull and Dylan Mulvaney situation. Right. And my commentary on that is that you have to listen to what your audience wants and know who they are. And I think a lot of brands don't understand. So they like hire these big influencers to promote their brand without really understanding the people that are watching that person and what are the things that they believe the the stories that they like to hear and then making sure that you're moving slowly from story to story how do you something. how do you do that how do you move from story to story an audience how do you how do you how do you begin to understand an audience you have to analyze your analytics these platforms share very detailed analytics on your, but you have to look at all of the videos and how the analytics differ on each video. And then from there, it's thinking, okay, who are, for example, Spotify, if we're talking about artists, right? Spotify, they show who do my listeners also listen to. Uh, that gives you a good understanding. If you're a brand, you should know based on your brand's morals, and the people you're, the people that actually consume the products, how old are they? Who are they? What might their beliefs be in the grand scheme of the world, whether that's political, whether that's like whatever it might be, what are their social justice beliefs? Because you can introduce new beliefs to people, but the same way we're talking about psychology, you can't just cold turkey say, here's this. Right. You have to slowly start to integrate your, your views and so that they're able to process. No humans can process something like that. Right. So I think that's what a lot of brands are struggling with that I'm looking to help them with. Excellent. And what does your team do? I mean, are you are you people into actually creating stuff with videos and? Uh, my, my team specifically, you're saying? Yeah. I mean, what exactly is it that your team does? I, when we're talking about managers, do they, are, do they manage individual mm -hmm. talent, for example? Yeah, so we have managers that we have different managers. Some manage specific talent. Other ones, um, we have assistants. We have an accounting team, a legal team. So we have, you know, another leadership role. Um, Jeff Rosenthal, he is like my right-hand man. He's awesome. And so he helps oversee things when I'm out of town and make sure that he's the head of talent strategy and culture. So he helps to make sure that things are moving in the positive direction and helps the other managers to strategize. Um, and then we have Amanda Smith, who is on, she helps with a lot of the marketing and Rebecca Partita, who helps with creative. And so that's in addition to partially being a manager, because right now what we're doing is we have different teams of people that work that based on their strengths that I've learned through listening to them. Right. <laughs> and we help them hone in and then we're working toward what are their goals for the next five years and how can we help them achieve them? Wow. That's amazing. You're doing amazing work. Thank you. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Just I'm 24. <laughs> just to blow everybody away. I'm 24. Yeah. I mean, it's really incredible. I still have a lot to learn every day. Yeah, but you, I think, I'm just guessing, but but it seems to me that, as you said, you had to grow up early because you had to raise your siblings and you got ambitious early and so spent a lot of time trying a lot of different experiments and starting businesses. Yeah. And and got exposed to your comment about music is really true. I mean, I've been I've been studying jazz violin now for almost fifteen years. 
<laughs> nowhere near mastery. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever a real master at something because there's always new innovations and always new things right. that you can learn. Right. And when you stop learning, that's when you stop growing. So that's exactly right. I always try to be a beginner at something. Absolutely. Got um, wow. So one last question. Um, what's one thing that we would know about you unless you revealed it to us? Um, well, people who follow me on socials know this, but I'm super into just really any sort of adventure sports. I've gotten really into paragliding. I want to get my license soon. And anything to do with hiking or traveling, really, really love travel because of the same reasons I said before, seeing new people and hearing new uh, stories and experiences that they have helps me to better understand just humans in general. So good for you. Extreme sports. Yeah. I used to do that as when I was your age. <laughs> You get to a point in life where you, you just can't do it anymore, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, for now, I will be doing it. So. Absolutely. And if you, when you come up to Central California, give me a call. <laughs> I will. I will. Definitely. Tamima, Shames, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been such a pleasure and I'm hopefully would love to pick your brain sometime soon. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.